success in this place. Amen? You know, so we want to be able to achieve some success. I believe that, that as you get a hold of this message today and as we put this series together for you, you are going to be able to overcome failure and you are going to be propelled into victory. Somebody say victory. You know, last week we talked about, you know, learning to take a risk. And as, I, as that video came forth, we realized that you end up taking a risk. It's a risk to step out and do the things that God has called you to do. Some of the things real quick that I just want to review as we get into this today is that people don't achieve success because they tend to fall in one or more of the following six traps that I'm going to give you. Really quick, before we get into this, don't, don't you can take some notes on this, but I don't have this on the screen for you. But number one was the embarrassment. Embarrassment trap. Remember that? We talked about not being embarrassed. Don't worry about what other people think. To just continue to, to do what you know that God has called you to do. The other one is the rationaliz- rationalization trap. The other one is the unrealistic expectation trap. We fall into that a lot of times. How about the fairness trap? We think that things are supposed to be fair. I got news for you. Things are not fair. You got to let God be the judge. Can I get an Amen. And then the timing trap. You know, we sometimes wait and wait and wait and wait, and we don't achieve success because we wait on the timing. We got to wait on this or got to wait on that. There's times where you just got to put on your shoes and begin. You just got to step forward. And then there's the inspiration trap. That's a trap to where you got to be inspired. Let me be inspired to do it. I got to be inspired. I, I, I'm not a book writer, but I've spoken to those that do author, that do write books, and they say it's not about inspiration. It's about doing it every single day. Whether they're inspired to write or not, then the inspiration comes. So there's some things that you just got to do to begin to do it. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready to do it. So we're going we're gonna to achieve success. This is another part in this three or four or five part series. I don't know how long it's going to be. But one thing that we want you to be able to do is learn from bad experiences. If you're going to achieve success, not only do you need to learn to take a risk, but you have to learn from bad experiences. Anybody in this place today had a bad experience? Just kind of show me your hands. That should be everybody. If you haven't, you're going to have. Come on, somebody. So let me, let me just, before we get going, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today, God. We ask you now to strengthen us. God, open our hearts and our minds today, God, just to learn something today, to put within our spirit that we can begin to achieve success. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done for us. We ask you now to utilize us and let us, let us learn from these bad experiences that each and every one of us have had and to realize that we can continue to move forward in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I want to I I thank Pastor Pat and his family for being here today. God bless you. We know that you come. Let it be a word of season for you to be refreshed and rejuvenated. Let's give the Lord some praise for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Don't turn there because by the time you get there, I'm going to be moving on. Chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. The, the New International Version said, We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. How many of you know Paul had some bad experiences? He had some bad experiences. Let me share with you this Amplified version. I like the way the Amplified version put this. Listen to this. 
See if this is you. We can probably all put ourselves right in there. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and opposed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and we are perplexed and unable to find a way out. Anybody? That fit anybody today? Unable to be able to find a way out, but we are not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. You are not alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are not alone because I'm here with you. Because you're going to be with them. I mean, we're we're not alone. So he says, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but we are never, 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 never struck out and destroyed. Can I get an amen? amen? So, you know, I look at that and I'm thinking, man, if anybody can teach us about bad experiences, Paul went through some bad experiences. And I began to think about the Old Testament and I want you to turn to Genesis because Joseph had some bad experiences and we're going to touch base with Joseph today. We're just going to take a real peek into his life and to see some things that Joseph went to. So we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. I think we'll just start reading and we'll just, we'll read till we, till the Holy Spirit tells us to do something different. Amen. Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Say bad report. report. I would think that there was a bad experience that was taking place. He brought them back a bad report. Anybody received a bad report before? You know, things aren't looking good. It's really bad. It's really bad. We've all experienced some real difficult times in our life and bad experiences in our life. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a varicolored tunic. Everybody knows about Joseph, right? I mean, the, he's the, the coat of many colors you, you learn about, that he had multiple different colors. I think, I think if, 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 if Joseph came on the scene today, we'd probably make fun of him. Hello? Because yeah. he'd have this coat with all these different colors and everything on, and we'd be going, where, where did you come from, the 70s? <laughs> Those of us that came out of the 70s can laugh at it because we know that he would have fit right in there with us. Verse 4. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheave rose up and also stood erect, and behold, your sheaves gathered round and bowed down to my sheave. Then his brother said to him, Are you actually going to reign over us, or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he had still another dream, and related it to his brothers, and said, Lo, I have had still another dream, and behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers, 
And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept saying, In mind. Then his brothers went to pasture their father's flock in Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. And he said to him, I will go. Then he said to him, Go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. A man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, What are you looking for? He said, I am looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. Then the man said, They have moved from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. So we see Joseph here. He's, he's, he's a, a, definitely a favorite of his father's. I don't know, those of you that have siblings, you know, there is, can be some rivalries among the family, and everybody says so-and-so else is a favorite, you know. I'm the youngest of five, and they always said I was mom's favorite. I, I don't know why I was mom's favorite, except for maybe by the time after mom has gone through and had four different children, then when I came up, it was like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, that's fine. Do that. Yeah, it's good. That's all right. Go ahead and do that. Maybe she just got wore down on the things that, that, uh, that maybe parenting takes. So we see Joseph, and he comes, and, and he's looking for his brothers. His father sends him out. Now, the brothers don't like Joseph, right? You got that? They don't like Joseph, so they begin to see him coming at a distance. And let's see what the Word says about it. When they saw him from a distance and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we will say, A wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what would become of his dreams. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, Let us not take his life. Reuben further said to, him, to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him, that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. Would you say that this is a bad experience for Joseph? Anybody experienced anything similar to that? <laughs> I would hope not with your, with your siblings throwing you into a pit, into a cistern. Now, a cistern was where the water, they would store the water, and obviously there wasn't any water in it at this time. But a lot of times you'll see pictures of them, and they'll have stairs where you can get down into them partially in order to make repairs. But they threw him down into the bottom of this thing. This, I'm telling you, we are fixing to watch a bad experience with Joseph. Let's check this out. Then they sat down to eat a meal. And as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our own brother, our own flesh. I think Judah must have been a, an entrepreneur. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He was like, man, why, why are we going to kill him when we can sell him? We can sell him to this band of, uh, of, of uh, this caravan of, uh, of Ishmaelites that are coming. We can, we can sell him. We can make a profit because otherwise we're just going to kill him and, and cover up his blood. 
Then some Midianite traders passed by, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, so he tore his garments. He returned to his brothers and said, The boy is not there. As for me, where am I to go? So they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood. And they sent the varicolored tunic and brought it to their father and said, We found this. Please examine it to see whether it is your son's tunic or not. Then he examined it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Then all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, and he said, Surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning for my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. So we see, we see very clearly there was a bad experience. Say bad experience. I mean, do we're going to let bad experiences stop us? Are we going to have a bad experience doing certain things? Are we going to be able to move past those bad experiences? If we're going to learn about achieving success, if we're going to live a successful life, if we're going to operate in success, in victory, we've got to be able to learn how to overcome those bad experiences. Let me give you a quote by Benjamin Franklin. Is Eli up there? I couldn't see his head. Can you put that up? Benjamin Franklin said, Things that hurt, instruct. Things that hurt, instruct. Say that with me. Things that hurt, instruct. In other words, when I give you an example. When I was little, I, I went to go in to the kitchen and the stove was on. And my mother said, I want you to stay away from the stove. But I got close enough to the stove that I put my hand on it and I burned my hand. How many of you know it hurt? <laughs> it hurt. And, and, and Benjamin Franklin, I think, might have had that same experience because he says, all I know is that, that things that hurt instruct. In other words, you learn something from it. If you, I learned to stay away from it when I saw the red thing on there or if I saw the little light now, you have them, you know, years ago, they didn't have lights on your stoves. They just, you had to just test it out yourselves. That's why it wasn't, it wasn't unusual to have a pan or something sitting on there. You didn't have lights on there. Nowadays, I know some of you can, just probably can't ever experience a stove without having a light on it or something like that that tells you it's hot. Now they've even got the ones that you can look at and go by and it's got this little light on basically saying it's warm. Watch out. So he says, the things that, in, that, that hurt instruct. So I want, I want you to learn some things from a bad experience. So let me give you some things today that you can begin to learn in the middle of a bad experience. If you'll do this, you're going to be able to operate in success. You're going to be able to have victory. Number one, what caused the failure? You need to be able to say, what caused this failure? What caused this bad experience? Was, was the situation something that I caused? Was it a situation of something that somebody else caused? Was it just a situation that, uh, you know, maybe was a no-win situation? So you're going to begin to look at that and say, what caused the failure? Did another person create the problem? Did you create the problem yourself? Did you make a mistake? Maybe you didn't spend time in prayer enough about it. Maybe you might have said, well, I just went out a little bit too head, 
to a head. So number one, you've got to understand what caused the failure. I could look at Joseph and try to relate what caused Joseph's failure. Anybody know what caused Joseph's failure? Well, probably it was his interpretation of the dreams when he told his brothers about the dream. Maybe it was a dream he should have been quiet about. Maybe it was a dream. You know, there's a lot of times that we're like, oh, pastor, pastor, I got this dream. I got this dream. I got this dream. I got this dream. You know, interpret this dream for me. The Bible says we know in part. We prophesy in part. Dreams are parts. You know, maybe it's a dream that the Lord is saying, I want you to pray for somebody, or I want you to war for them, or I want you to call them, or there's certain things that need to be done. So, you know, Joseph probably, he made a mistake himself. We can look and see if Joseph, if you would have not said anything to your brothers and your mom and dad about them bowing down to you, you probably wouldn't have ended up in the pit. Can I get an amen? So we can see that Joseph himself might have made a mistake. Always understand that the beginning of the learning process is trying to identify the cause of the problem. The beginning of the learning process is trying to identify the cause of the problem. So we need to we need to understand if you're going and you've had a bad experience and we've all had bad experiences, we've got to understand what caused the bad experience. The second thing that I want to have you write down is what was what was it that truly happened that caused it to be a failure? Another word, was what happened truly a failure or was it an experiment? We talked last week about Thomas Edison, that he'd made experiment after experiment after experiment after experiment, blew up his, 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 his workshop. And they said, what are you going to do? You're going to stop now after a thousand experiments. Thomas Edison said, no, I'm going to rebuild it. And now he has the light bulb that we all enjoy here today. Let's thank the Lord for Thomas Edison. Amen? Otherwise, you'd be kind of in the dark. And we don't want you to be in the dark today. So, you know, we have to understand, what was, was it what happened? Was it truly a failure? Was it truly a failure? Or did, did maybe you just fall short? Did maybe you come to the place where you have to determine if it was really a failure or not? Others may look at it and say, eh, that's a failure. You may look at it and go, no, it was just an experiment. Because God wants to propel you to the next destiny or the next thing that you're after. Another thing that you might want to ask is, was it an unrealistic expectation? Did I, we talked a little bit about unrealistic expectations last week. Was it an unrealistic expectation? Maybe it wasn't a real failure, or you wouldn't define it as a failure, but maybe you expected something, and it didn't come in to where you had expected it, and it was unrealistic expectation. It is an unrealistic expectation for me to want to be the president of the United States of America. I'm, I'm sorry, but you might think, oh, no, you can do all, I can do all things with Christ is straight. No, no, it's an unrealistic expectation for me to become that this next election cycle. How about that? I put that in there. So the third thing that we want to look at is what successes are contained in the failure? What successes are contained in the bad experience? What is a success that you could have in the middle of the bad experience that you can say, wow. I'm not going to do that again, but I learned this from it. Or I'm not going to try that again, but this thing here, I really got a hold of. You've got to look for the gem in the middle of the failure. In other words, you've got to look for the pearl in the oyster. In other words, you've got to look for the silver lining 
that is in the bad experience because God wants to use that bad experience to teach you something. I'm not saying God is causing the bad experience. Hear me today. But through the middle of that bad experience, in the middle of where we're at, Joseph in the bottom of the pit, God probably was speaking to him and was bringing uh, some wisdom and revelation to him through the bad experience. And we're going to see what happened. And many of you know what happened to Joseph. So we got to look for that silver lining. What is it that I could take out of there? I often heard one time that when you, when you trip and fall, pick something up that's down there on your way back up. I had one guy one time, and he dropped a quarter in the commode, and I looked over, and he dropped a $5 bill in there. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm not going in there after a quarter, but I'll go in there after a five. And while he was in there, he picked up the quarter too. Hello, are you with me? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's gross. So what my question is, if you fall down, let's learn something from it. Let's pick up something on the way back up that'll help us, that'll get us to the point where we can achieve success. Somebody say success. So number four, what can I learn from what happened? What can I learn from what happened? Man, I don't know, Pastor, but it's just been a bad experience. It just this was a bad experience. That was a bad experience. It was a bad experience. Some people go from bad experience to bad experience to bad experience to bad experience, and then they experience a bad experience again. So it's like, okay, what are we learning from that thing? Number, one of the things that you, I want you to write this down. This isn't one of the points, but you need to, be, you need to maintain a teachable spirit. If you're going through a bad experience... You need to remain teachable in the midst of that bad experience. Genesis 39, I'm going to just read verses 1 through. Uh, I'm just going to read 1 through 4. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. So we knew that he was sold. He was, then when he got into Egypt, he was sold again. And, he, and he'd been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an Egyptian officer, Pharaoh, the captain, the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites. So this was a lot of wheeling and dealing going on. The brothers sold their, their, their brother. <laughs> they sold him. And then he turned around and got down to Egypt and got sold again. And how many of you know he probably wasn't a nonprofit ministry, so they weren't selling him for nonprofit. They were, they were making profit off of it. So Joseph was sold twice. He was sold twice. But yet, he had a bad experience. And then they had had taken him down, and he's in Potiphar's house. And verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was there in the house with the master of the Egyptian. And I'm thinking, he had a bad experience, but yet, in the bad experience, the Bible says he became what? A successful man. Everybody, a successful man. Come on again. A successful man. He became a a successful man. And he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. Now his master saw that, that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight and he became his personal servant and he made him the overseer of his house and he basically put him in charge of everything he owned. Joseph, Joseph himself says, I, my master has entrusted everything to me. There is everything under my care except for his wife. 
Everything in his household, the riches, the servants, everything else. Joseph, in the middle of the bad experience, obviously the favor of God continued to be on him. So I want to tell you today, you may be going through a bad experience, but the favor of God is still upon your life today. Don't forget that. Somebody needs to say favor. Say it's still there. Come on, somebody needs to say favor. It's still there. You got to tell yourself that that favor is still there. So in the midst of his bad experience, that favor of God is still on his life and it's still on your life. But I believe that the success that he had was because he remained teachable. So he says, what can I learn from what happened? Number five, the fifth thing that I want to give you today that we're going to learn from a bad experience. We're going to have to ask these questions, these things. Number five is, am I grateful for the experience? (laughs) As you come away from a failure, as you come away from a bad experience, how is your heart? Did it cultivate a sense of, I'm thankful, Lord. It could have been worse. Hello? It could have been more difficult. There could have been a lot more consequences to my actions. And did I cultivate a a time of being thankful for God? See, I think in this day and age, this instant, quick, put it in the microwave, zap it, wrap it, and all this other stuff, we're ready to go with it kind of society that we're in, that we just don't take time to be thankful for what we do have. My name is Jimmy. Give me all you can give me. Give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. Give me, 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 give me. Instead of saying, God, I'm thankful for what I do have. Anybody want to thank the Lord for what they do have today? Anybody want to thank Him? How would you thank Him? Amen. How do you you thank the Lord? I'm just asking you, just thank Him. You just say, praise the Lord. Thank you, God. You know, I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank the Holy Spirit. I say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Say that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We got to be, we got to begin to be grateful. Well, you don't know the experience that I went through. It was bad, bad, bad. I wouldn't want anybody to go through. I've experienced stuff I don't want anybody to go through. But I look back and now I'm thankful that I had to go through it and that I survived it. Anybody want to say, thank you, Lord? So not only do we need to to be able to be grateful for our experience, number six, how can I turn this into a success? How can you make lemonade out of lemons? How can you make a cherry pie out of cherries? Come on. How can you make something bad, something that is difficult, something that no matter what it is, how can you begin to take that and begin to achieve success out of that? How can you begin to turn this into a successful place? Am I going to learn to profit from what I've went through? Am I going to learn to get to the next level and understand that bad things do happen to good people? And good things happen to bad people. I don't know. I don't understand it. But I know that we have to realize and understand that, you know what, that in the middle of a bad experience, I can have victory. That I can continue to do what God has called me to do. So, how can I turn this into a success? Take what you learn from it and put it into your understanding and put it into your wisdom and put it into your knowledge and begin to move forward. Amen? 
The, 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 the seventh thing that I want to give you, I give you six or seven. Number seven, who can help me with the issue? Who can help me with this issue? There's a lot of times that pride comes in and we think I can handle it on my own. Have anybody ever thought that? Yeah, you ever felt that? Sure. You ever probably walked it out? To, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. We got our little grandson and, and he, is, he is just learning. It's just amazing to watch him learn. Just, I mean, I'm talking, he, that, that young man, if he sees it, he'll do it. I was unloading the dishwasher and, and uh, I got done and instead of, you know, me being, you know, bending down and getting the dishwasher thing and closing it, I used my foot. I just popped my foot up to my hand and closed it. I mean, the next time I was over there unloading the dishwasher, he takes his foot and he's trying to do that number. He just, I mean, he just, he just is learning so fast, so quick. You know, he's just going through that and he's, he's learning so much about it. You know, and, 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 and he wants to do things on his own. I can do it. I can do it myself. I can do it. I don't need your help. He wants to do it on his own. Okay, fine. Do it yourself then. He finds something that he wants to climb. You want to help him? Climb it himself. There are some things in your life. If you want to achieve success, you want to achieve success? Do you want to achieve some success? You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it on your own. Proverbs 18.1 says, uh, talks about a, 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 a man that, that, that isolates himself. That it's not wise for him to begin to isolate himself because he won't follow any kind of counsel. He won't look for any kind of help. You want to achieve success, you've got to have some counsel. You have got to do the things, the diligent work, and I'll get into that in a minute. But you're going to have to be able to realize that you need to seek advice. Say, seek advice. But you need to make sure, listen, listen to this. You need to make sure that you seek some some advice from somebody who's already successful at it. Can I get an amen? amen? Why are you seeking some advice, marriage counsel, when somebody's got a messed up marriage? And you're seeking their advice? Hello? You're seeking your advice on how to build a business and the person doesn't have a business. Hello? It's amazing how people can tell you what to do with your money and how to do something with your money and they don't have any. Is this hard to take today? Is it true? I mean, you, you go to a doctor that you, be- <laughs> you believe is a doctor and you want to seek their advice on certain things in your life. Are you with me? Instead of just asking somebody off the street, what do I do about this? I cut my foot. <laughs> I don't know, it's all swelling up and turning black and blue. Ah, you'll be all right. Just go home, you'll be all right. You may want to go have it looked at. Tetanus shots, stitches, hello. But a lot of times what we do is that we've got to look and say, who can help me with this issue? Who's been there that I can talk to? Who's gone through this that I can glean from them? How can I begin to be successful unless I get some other people that can help me get to the place that I am that'll go through what I'm going through or has been gone through already, what you may have to go through. Say, seek advice. And you need to be able to be, understand that they got to be successful to look at, to say, hey, they've made it. How, how do they do that? 
See, a lot of times, especially with younger and older people, younger people won't even take the advice of the older person. And that older person has a lot of wisdom. That older person has a lot to offer. So we need to be able to listen and understand those issues, and we need help. So that's number seven. Number eight, where, where do I go from, from here? Where do I, where, where, where do I, or, or what I put it, where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? In other words, you're at a point where you're beginning to, to step out and you're beginning to accomplish some things. You're getting successful uh, financially, in your marriage, in your relationships with others. There is beginning to be success. You're beginning to fulfill the things that God has for you. Your life is beginning to, to, to really begin to be shaped and molded. And you begin to say, well, you know, where do I go from, from here? You've got to turn the bad experience into a good experience. You've got to learn to understand that we have to change our behavior. You've heard me say, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. You're going to have to change some behavior. It's a behavioral change. You know, I go and put my hand on the stove and it burned it. I went again and put my hand again on the stove and it burned it. I went again and put my hand on the stove and it I went again and put my hand on the stove and it, everybody, and it what? I got to change my behavior of not going and putting my hand on the stove. Because if I do that, then guess what's going to happen? It's going to burn it. It's going to burn it again. So we've got to learn to begin to change our behavior. You haven't learned a thing until you can take action and use it. In other words, I went and burned my hand on the stove. I went and burned my hand on the stove. Now I've learned something, and I take action and use it. If I go to get something off the stove, I put a little, whatever they're called, potholders. Yeah, I want to mitt things, you know, on you. You know, you, you, you've, got, you've got to take some action, and you've got to begin to change your behavior. Let's look at what happened with, with Joseph and his family. We're going we're gonna to fast forward to Genesis 47. And I want us to go through verses 1 through 12 in Genesis 47. So you understand, Joseph had a bad experience. He went through a difficult time. He was sold. He was put in a cistern. He was sold. And then he was sold again. He was put in Potiphar's house. He was wrongly accused. He had a bad experience with Potiphar's wife. He was a man of integrity. He got thrown in jail. He told the cupbearer and the, and, the, uh, and the baker. He interpreted their dreams for them. He said, oh, by the way, when you get an audience with the king, how about not forgetting about me? And it was two years later. Somebody say two years. He was in jail for two more years. And, and so they must have obviously forgot about him. So I want us to look and see how it began to affect. Genesis chapter 47. Let's look at verses 1 through 12. Then Joseph went in and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers and their flocks and their herds and all that they have have come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. He took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? So they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and our fathers. Then said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let, let your servants live in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is at your disposal. 
Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them live in the land of Goshen. And if you know any capable men among them, then put them in charge of my livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and presented him to Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many years have you lived? So Jacob said to Pharaoh, The years of my sojourning are 130. Few and unpleasant have been the years of my life, nor have they attained the years that my fathers lived during the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. So Joseph settled his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had ordered. Joseph provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with food according to their little ones. Ooh-wee. What we see happen is obviously there was, we know there was a famine in the land. There was seven years of, of plenty and seven years of a famine. And Joseph provided for his entire family. He took a bad experience and began to operate in success and achieve success to the magnitude that it influenced his entire family. Do you see that? Say, I see it. So, so what have you learned from bad experiences? You may have gone through some bad experiences and everything today. There may have been some bad experiences in your life that you've went through last year, uh, a year, two years ago, four years ago, whatever. But I want you to begin to ask these following questions. Let me give them to you again. What's caused the failure, number one? What was it that truly happened? Was it truly a failure or did you just fall short? Number two, uh, number three, what successes are contained in failure? What can you take out of this bad experience and take those successes that are in there and begin to glean from that and move forward? The other thing is, what, what, what have you learned? What can I learn from what happened? We've got to learn things. If you're going to achieve success in any area and every area in your life, you've got to learn from your experiences. And number five, what, what am I grateful to experience? Let's be grateful. Let's have grateful hearts. In the midst of what we're going through, God wants to bring us to a place of victory. Say victory. And number six, how can I turn this into a success? What can you take? Can you be like Joseph and begin to take everything that had happened to him and turn it into success? Can you begin to do that with the things that have happened to you in your life? Can I begin to turn that into success? Who can help me with this? Look to find out. Joseph hooked up with Pharaoh. Hello? Joseph hooked up with Pharaoh. Pharaoh helped him become exactly what God wanted from that. So God may put people in your lives. He may hook you up with some different people in your lives. It may just be for a time. It may just be for a season. See, a lot of times we think people, people our relationships, people come into our lives and they're expected to be there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. And God may bring them into your life for a season, say a season. He may be able to deposit some things, get you to the next level, get you to the next place that God has you to go and begin to overcome those experiences. So who can help me with this issue? Number eight, where do I go for from here? Where do I go? What do I do? Do I allow this failure? Do I allow this bad experience to control my life? There's been people that I know that I've spoke with in our 11 years in ministry. And they're still hurting by something that happened to them 20 years ago. I had a bad experience at church 20 years ago. So I just am not going to go to church anymore. You have a bad experience at the restaurant. You don't stop eating. 
I don't know about you, but anybody had a bad experience at a restaurant? So you're telling me you eat at home all the time now? No. You see, the enemy has duped us. We have a bad experience in anything that we do. I'm not doing that again. I had a bad experience doing that. Well, maybe you should do it differently. You know, maybe you shouldn't have done it at all. I know this. You have to maintain a teachable heart, a teachable attitude through the midst of this experience that you go through. We're all going to experience some bad experiences. We're all going to go through some difficult times. If you repeatedly use your bad experience as a springboard to propel you to the next level, you will operate in success. Let me tell you that. You will operate and you can operate in success. Say, I can can. be successful. I can can. achieve success in every area of my life. I can use these bad experiences and I can learn from these bad experiences. It'll spring me and propel me into the next destiny that I have for my life in Jesus' name. Give the Lord some praise for that. Amen. I've got a quote that, um, that I got from John Maxwell. It says, don't let your learning lead to knowledge, but let your learning lead to action. Don't let your learning lead to knowledge, but let your learning lead to action. Now, here's another quote that I want to give you that you've heard me say before. The mistakes that we make are not as important as the lessons we learn from those mistakes. I make mistakes, but I want to learn from the mistakes that I make. So don't focus on the mistake, but learn from the lesson that was in that mistake that you made. And you can achieve success. Joseph had a bad experience, and it led to success. Moses had a bad experience, and it led to success. Let's make an effort today to determine that our bad experiences 